guys, Pi rules here with the reboot, rehash, revival podcast. I am here, as always, with Monsters Review. What's up? And uh, today we're joined by our special guest, Jamie, also known as Future Gohan. How you doing, guys? So we have uh, an interesting show this week in that it's the first time, I think, that I personally am not like a fan or into both the shows we're talking about this week. Hmm. So this is this is unknown territory for me. <laughs> but yeah, we have an interesting show this week. We have uh, an episode from the 2003 Ninja Turtle series and an episode from the 2012 Tangent Ninja Turtle series, both involving mousers and attacking. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, we picked we picked what are now the the two sandwich series because there's of course the oldest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, and then there's just recently Nick came out with the rise of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So. We didn't pick the one that was like really timely and just came out, but it, but instead right. we picked the one that like ended. Yeah. <laughs> but they're uh, they're definitely two interesting series from even just from watching one episode. They're you could tell they're very different interpretations. Oh, for sure. Yeah, very different. Yeah. All right, so we also have some news, some questions and stuff uh just just stuff. We got we got stuff we watched. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing pretty good today. How about you, monsters? I'm doing pretty good. A little tired, but I'm going to pull through. <laughs> How many hours have you spent in the last week out on shoots? Uh, in total, probably 16. Ah, which sounds... doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it does when you have a lot of other things to do. Yeah. Hmm. I've been all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot to ask. <laughs> He's yeah. like, oh, thanks for asking. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, I've definitely, I've been better, <laughs> um, but I've been worse. Uh, so before we get on with the podcast proper, I feel like I kind of need to give a little bit of a statement uh, on kind of what's been going on with me and my channel, because uh, I don't know, I, I've, I've been saying some stuff on Twitter, and it's, I don't know, we, we're reaching an interesting point. I've been doing this for 10 years, and my channel isn't growing and uh i'm not entirely happy with the content that i've been making um you know i i just feel like it's just not i don't know like i, I feel like i should step it up but then i don't know how to step it up and i i don't i don't know I'm, I'm just not super happy with the content i've been making and the one thing that's kind of been pulling me through especially with like the spongebob video is to to get like a decent amount of viewership and then the spongebob video came out and it didn't get a huge viewership and some people weren't happy with the video too which is totally fair um they're entitled to that opinion but you know a combination of not the greatest reception plus um not a huge view count plus spongebob is not a show that it's 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 a very difficult show for me because i i do still enjoy watching some episodes but like the whole process of watching the episodes multiple times i'm just not that interested in the show or at least what the show has become uh to keep pushing through for myself so i did it for the fans and it, it just doesn't feel like there's that much interest anymore so I, i've just kind of been getting a little bit of negative um just negative feedback and I, i've just had a lot of like a big lack of motivation to make videos and i have a new job coming up in a few weeks that's going to be pretty intensive on my time like i basically would only be able to work on videos on the weekends and even as is when I do have plenty of free time, 
I go to make I go to try to make videos and I, I just I can't get the right words out and I don't feel like my analysis skills are there and I don't feel like my visuals are that interesting and I, I just I'm just struggling with it. So it's it's very complicated and it's from like a lot of different angles. It's not just that I'm like, oh, the views aren't good, so I'm I'm not doing this anymore. It's more just like, well, the views aren't good and I'm not cr like super happy with my content and it's kind of. I don't know. It's it's kind of difficult for me to be making videos and I'm going to be really busy soon. And, it, you know, at certain point, everything has to end. So I don't know. And then on top of that, uh, a few months ago, something pretty bad happened to me. And I'm still I'm still very much reeling from that. And it's affected me in pretty negative ways. Uh, and it's it's made me not quite the person that I want to be. And I, I feel like I've I've been a lot more like snippy with people on Twitter and I don't I don't I don't want to take it anything out on my fans and I don't want to let it affect my content and stuff. So basically to just to wrap it all up, um, I'm going to I'm going to stop like being a drama queen on Twitter or anything like that. I'm not going to be like, I'm quitting the channel. I'm done with YouTube forever um, because I do still like making the recast. And I don't know, maybe when I'm in a little bit better of a place, um, you know, happiness wise, I'll feel more motivated to make videos and I'll, I'll I'll find something that I'm really passionate about. Maybe I'll turn my channel into something else. Like maybe I'll find something else to talk about, or maybe there'll be a show or an episode or something that really kind of snaps me out of it. And I got to make a video on it. So um, as of right now, uh, the recast is going to continue. We, we have plans. We have like the next full month of guests booked and we're, we're very happy with the stuff we've got planned. Uh, as for everything else, it's on hold. I'm not saying that it's canceled. I'm not saying that I'm promising it's ever going to come out. Uh, but things like the next bottom of the bakery, things like the season 11 video, they're not canceled, but I, I they may never see the light of day. So I just wanted to be honest with everyone and, and just say that it's I've been kind of going through a rough time and it's it's been reflecting in the way I've been behaving. And I don't really like that. OK, so now <laughs> on to the happy podcast we have planned. Uh, oh, my God. Sorry about that. Um. No, I just I just wanted out. to release it, but yeah. uh, but yeah, I'm 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 all, like I I've, I've been in a pretty bad place, but I'm starting a new job. I'm moving to a pretty sweet condo. Um, I made a bunch of new friends recently, monsters, as you know, yeah. uh, you know. So it's 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 been kind of some dark days for me, but I have things to look forward to. Here's to new beginnings. Yep, absolutely. And the, I, like I'm happy with the recast, right? Yeah. Like. Um, there's other content that I'm just like, I'm making it and I'm like, ah, I don't know, like, ah. but with, with this show, it's like everything I like about YouTube, right? Like, right. you know, getting to collaborate with new people, getting to just kind of talk about cartoons, but like without the pressure of like, am I being insightful? Am I saying something interesting? Is my editing good enough? Is this and that, uh, you know, and, and plus it doesn't, although we do put a decent amount of effort into making, like setting up the podcast and finding guests it's not anywhere near as intensive as like, you know, an hour long video or even a 10 minute long video. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so now we're going to transition back into normal podcast. Uh, so we are going to start off with stuff we watched in the past week. Jamie, did you watch anything interesting in the past week? I watched the recent episode of Super Dragon Ball Heroes and it was just it was really cool, you know, as much as Dragon Ball, you know, is. Um, have you seen any of uh, the Super Dragon Ball Heroes episodes? I have not. The last thing Dragon Ball I watched was, like, early uh, Z. Oh, wow. Yeah, not yeah even, I haven't not, seen the... much of Super either. 
None of the recent stuff. No, I know they've been doing good stuff. It's not uh, not for lack of I don't know when it comes to me and anime. It's like I'll get into an anime phase and I'll watch like you know, Full Metal Alchemist, and Death Note and like a bunch of stuff. And then I'll be out of my anime phase and I won't watch it at all. But uh, is it what like what is it anything? Is it like the older stuff? Like, is it does it have those problems of just like endless episodes of just standing around charging up? Um, Dragon Ball Super, uh, no, actually it's a lot more faster paced, but this, this, uh, new series is called Super Dragon Ball Heroes, it's actually almost a completely different, like, cause instead of the episodes being 22 minutes, these are more like 9 minutes, like they're really short oh. episodes, yeah, yeah, because the, this, this show is only available online, like it's not even on TV, and they're only really? making it to, cause there's a, there's an arcade game in Japan called Dragon Ball Heroes, and so what they're you they're doing is is this is pretty much a promotional anime. They're only really making it so kids will watch it and get excited for what's going on in in, in this you know nine ten minute anime. So then they'll run to the you know the arcades that are in Japan and play the game. You know, so it's just wow. you know yeah. So it's it, it's just something little to like you know tide the kids over, but really for like us adults that are like are just like learning like yearning for more Dragon Ball. You know, like it's just great to cling on to you know that, that sounds like uh what pokemon did with was it origins or what the, when when they would release i mean they were unfortunately very short like two minute long but like they would release things on their youtube page of just snippets oh, of the anime yes uh, i remember that yeah uh i think it was heroes no not heroes what what was that called i think it was pokemon origins origins probably but yeah huh that's interesting i i had no idea i i've heard about dragon ball super um, hmm. So, what, what, Dragon Ball superheroes? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, what, about um, what have y'all seen? Yeah, monsters. Oh, I'm up. <laughs> did you Did you watch anything awful? Uh, <laughs> not really. A half CG movie with? No, like are you talking? Okay, are you so, talking about so Venom? Basically, yeah, yeah, I told I, I told them in advance that um, we we record this on Thursday. Um, I just saw Venom, and I'm the first person I know that's seen it. Um, the only thing I knew going into it was that it had a 28 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which <laughs> for those of you unfamiliar with the tomato meter, it's not a very good score. Um, basically, it works. So out of every critic that has reviewed it on Rotten Tomatoes, only 28 percent of them gave it a passing grade. Um, but yeah, no, I just saw it, and obviously I won't spoil it, you know, for those of you that haven't seen it yet. But he becomes Venom. Spoilers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was actually I thought it was entertaining, and I thought it was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I don't think it was supposed to be funny though. No, like some of the jokes were actually really funny. Huh. Um, like it's definitely not a sophisticated movie. It's it's definitely not a sophisticated movie. Uh, but I don't think it deserves that low of a score and all of the 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 hate it's been getting. Um, funny enough, the the villain was almost kind of like Elon Musk. He's basically this guy that runs like a like a rocket company, and he's he's like one of those tech moguls. He he he, he was basically Elon Musk. But um, you mean you mean Baxter Stockman? Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but make sure you stay for the post credit scenes because both of them are very good. Um, I also I sat next to a bunch of pretentious film snobs and they were like, "Oh, this is this is gross. Is this what you call cinema?" Blech. 
But I was like, <laughs> like I hope you're exaggerating. <laughs> I mean, not really. <laughs> Dude, how great would it have been to to have gone to like Teen Titans go to the movies and have just like talked like that? Like, oh, what is happening to the modern cinema? Oh, <laughs> just completely <laughs> troll other hard. moviegoers. Yeah. But on the, yeah, no, they they really they were really crapping on it. Um and listen, if you just Turn off your mind, watch it, sit back, relax, have fun. I think it'll be worth your money. I it's definitely not something you're you you want to go into if you want to get some sort of, you know, underlying messages or social commentary or some sort of, you know, bigger sophistication. But no, I thought it was decent. Um, hopefully that that's that doesn't get me a lot of uh, backlash. But <laughs> yeah, no, you know, was you know decent, what, monsters? I, I respect your opinion. Thank you. I respect that in America you're allowed to have the wrong opinion. <laughs> but yeah to, to any of you guys watching um if you do see venom uh you know let me know your thoughts down in the comments uh so so we can talk about how i have the wrong opinion <laughs> no no it's it's okay it's nah. it's really okay yeah um D- did you um did you see spider-man 3 uh spider-man Not- 3 yes i have seen spider-man 3 with, with, that- with topher grace venom right would you say that this was better or worse than spider-man 3 because that's also a pretty it's- uh hated film it's tough because spider-man 3 is critically awful but i love how awful it is <laughs> like with toby Maguire doing the jazz hands and the whole musical sequence and mm. it's like it's one of those movies that's so bad that it's good i i so spider-man 3 is like a guilty pleasure of mine i know that like people like to take the first two seriously and then like the first the, the third one is just garbage but like i love that it's a piece of garbage i i agree with you on that actually i like they recently know, added it to Netflix, and I think it's funny. I like I, I I watched it recently. It's so funny. I don't know, man. I I just can't take any of the the Raimi Spider Man movies seriously. Like I just I know everybody even loves like Spider Man Two, but it, yeah, even that they're one, very I just, cartoony in tone. Yeah. they are. They're very different stylistically, and I mean it, it. They it hasn't helped that the MCU came and kind of blew it away. Yeah. Like it's just it's easy to forget that. This was in a in a pre superhero boom world, like yeah, th- you know true. there there was old older Batman films, and I mean I guess kind of recent Batman films at that time, uh, and really old Superman films, and like Blade, and like well, those were the big ones. And correct like, me if I'm wrong, but but Spider Man three came out in the same year as The Dark Knight. <laughs> well, uh, I think it was 2008. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. Yeah, but like 2008. Um, I think Spider-Man 3 maybe came out in 2007, still, like, within a year. Fact check that in Post Monsters. I will. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> anyway, did did you watch anything else? Oh. Uh, I did, but uh, one last quick note on Venom. Uh, they missed the opportunity to cross over with The Room, because that's also set in San Francisco, and it's, <laughs> and it's, and wow. it's a really bad movie. You are tearing me apart, Venom. <laughs> <laughs> I Literally. did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> oh hi venom um <laughs> How's your yeah, maybe life? they could have just had tommy wiseau play venom like get rid of tom hardy <laughs> no no tom hardy is still like like eddie brock but then tommy wiseau is venom they oh just yeah gr- yeah like the voiceover <laughs> oh no no, no 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 he's just he's just venom they, they gave him really long like he grows his hair out for like a year and it just covers <laughs> his body and then that's venom <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh hi doggy <laughs> <laughs> and then they 
they just end up playing football out in the field for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we are Venom, man. <laughs> what the story, Ed? <laughs> Dude, you do his you laugh like perfectly. I, I watch the room religiously. Um, that's probably so- something I don't want to admit. But um, anyway, so um, as many of you know, probably as many of you probably know, um, I'm not the biggest anime person. Um, I've seen it here and there. I, kind of like Pie Guy, I also do have like my phases where like sometimes I'll come across something and I'll I'll be totally into it and then I'll completely forget that it exists like a little bit later. Um, but some friends of mine were watching Gurren Logan uh, on Netflix, so I tuned into some of that. We watched episodes three, four, and five. Um, so I didn't properly get you know context in terms of you know what the series was aiming to do and who the characters were, but. I still paid attention to the best of my ability, um, and it's a very atypical anime, I think, um, because there's it's like a there's mechs in it, but it's it's not like your typical mecha anime like like Voltron or whatever. Um, it was really funny. I also really dig the art style, um, just the way that the characters are drawn. Also, uh, in the episodes that I watched, at least there was a lot of sunsets and really really great painted backgrounds. So, uh, yeah, have any of you guys seen Gurren Logan? I've seen the first couple episodes, and I've been meaning to watch past that, but I just, I really don't have time for, like, long-running anime anymore. Like, I I think the only other long-running anime I watch, other than Dragon Ball, is One Piece. And even right. then, I'll watch, like, a box set, and then I take, like, a, a, a break, like, a good break from One Piece for, like, a few months. Like, it's just hard for me, like, I guess... The older well, I get, I also guess... been going since 1999. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're like, I don't have much time for anime, so I'm just watching the longest running the one, longest not, one, not called Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess just the older I get, I guess just I, I'm I'm slowly losing the attention span to, to, to just sit there and just and just watch, uh, you know, these long running anime. So I like to watch right. the shorter ones, you know, like uh, the 13 like episodes. The 12 episode ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like to watch those, but anything other than that, I just, you know, I stick to my main ones, my Dragon Ball and maybe a little One Piece, but, you know. Also, this might upset some of the anime aficionados out there, but I did watch the dub. <laughs> and supposedly, from what my friends told me, the English dub for Gurren Logan apparently isn't the best. So, take get, that as get, you will. Get ready for an opinion, guys. Uh, <laughs> pe- people that care about, like, the whole dub versus sub war, I, I just don't. I understand having a preference and I understand wanting to encourage someone to watch it in whatever way you think is best. But like the people that are like diehard obsessive over like, oh, you watched it the wrong way. Like, I just I don't know. I find that really pedantic. I mean, it, it sometimes the dub can really um, change the interpretation of the show, though. Like, I remember there's one anime and like uh, the Jap the Japanese version was like really serious. And then there were some English voice actors that got a hold of it. And they basically like <laughs> comedically dubbed over the entire thing. It was called like ghost soul or soulmate or something like that. It was, uh, but, but it turned out really funny and it basically turned like an otherwise serious anime into, uh, into like basically a satire. And it was, it turned out really funny. I mean, that's fair. It, like I get, I get having a preference, especially when they do butcher it. But like, if you right. liked it, if you, if you watch the dub and you liked the dub, then people shouldn't be hating on you for that. Like basically, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. I know you watch something else too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We can lead into this. So, um, 
So uh, we watched some Powerpuff Girls. Um, the episodes that I watched, at least, were uh, Mommy Furist, Rainy Day in Townsville, and Bot and Scold. And whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. What? The Powerpuff Girls Rainy Day Adventure. Sorry, Powerpuff Girls Rainy Day Adventure. <laughs> and Bot and Scold. Uh, and yeah, we were just revisiting some some classic PPG episodes, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so recently uh, I discovered the joy of Rabbit. That that sounds not right, but um, it, Rabbit is a it's a website where you basically screen share and audio share with people, so you're able to watch Netflix and Hulu and YouTube and just anything else basically. And it's as far as I know, it's like legal because you're not you're not mass distributing it. It's it's limited to small rooms, but um, but no, you're able to like watch stuff in sync, and that's been great because we're able to watch stuff. So um, uh, Monsters and I were watching with Shadow Streak. Uh, of course, we were watching the Powerpuff Girls. Originally, we were going to watch something else, but uh, we were waiting for something, and then Shadow and I were like, let's watch the Powerpuff Girls, and then Monsters joined us, and yeah, Powerpuff Girls is as good as, good as it ever was. Uh, man, I, I really miss thick line animation. <laughs> Tanner, I still remember when me and you had to watch through all those episodes again for that uh, Frederator video. Yeah, yeah, we we made a video on Channel Frederator called, um, called Top 10 Powerpuff Girls Villains. And, really? uh, yeah, and we watched through a bunch of episodes um, just to kind of recap. And when everybody gave us problems because we said Mojo Jojo wasn't number one. Yeah. All right. Hang on. Give me the give me the like the top three on this list. Um, I, I remember number one for sure. And I remember what was number, number one. Number, number one, one was, was the gnome. Right? The gnome. Yeah. yeah. The gnome from the musical. episode. <laughs> really, guys? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I love that episode, too. I don't know why I'm arguing with you over something you made like years ago, and but uh, number two was, was uh, number two him. was him. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I'm trying to remember number three. Yeah, I'm trying to remember number three too. Uh, I think yeah, Mojo was like number well, five. Yeah, but yeah, oh. Mojo was like five. But like we had everybody Fuzzy was Lumpkins on there. He, yeah, I think he was ev- like number nine. Everybody was saying, "Oh, you should put you should have put Mojo at number one because he's in the most episodes and he has the most involvement with the Powerpuff Girls." And like that, it it wasn't like like the question wasn't, "Oh, who's you know in who's the villain that's in the most episodes of the Powerpuff Girls or who's the most notorious Powerpuff Girls villain?" It was who was the most villainous Powerpuff Girls villain. That's why we didn't put hmm. Mojo at one. Oh, you know? oh number three was uh, Princess Morbux. That's fair. Fair enough. And the number four was the Rowdy Rough Boys. So, Monsters, what did you think of Rainy Day Adventure? Because that's that's considered by a lot of people to be, like, the best episode of the show. It's so much fun. I love it. It's 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 a lot of fun. I love the professor in the episode, too. And the yeah. mayor and everything. It's it's such a great episode. Mm-hmm. Which one is yeah, that no, again? So, it's, it's the one where uh, they can't fight crime because it's raining, and so they decide to play, like, <laughs> pretend like this crime going on and uh they all like play as different characters like blossom dresses up like mojo and they make the the professor be bubbles it's it's oh, a really like i remember a, that one in on the scale of like silly to serious episodes with like speed demons on the serious side rain day adventure is probably the most on the silly side um speed demon is but, a great episode though yeah well that's the thing like speed demon and knock it off like there, there's some really great uh episodes that don't really well i don't want to say knock it off doesn't have comedy and knock it off is my favorite episode but rain day adventure is like up there for me as well um i i i, I die every time 
uh, when when they they're impatient for Blossom, who's supposed to be Miss Bellum, because Blossom is putting two stuffed animals in her shirt and standing up on a chair to simulate Miss Bellum. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. What's your favorite episode, Gohan, of uh of Powerpuff Girls? Uh, man, uh, got, it's got to be Powerpuff Bluff, right? I do love Powerpuff Bluff, but it's got to be. It's got to be Bubble Vicious, man. Like, Ooh. That's just a classic. Or if that's I want to go... Why do you say that? Because Bubbles is just awesome. I mean, come on. <laughs> Fair point. Um, You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> or if I want to go newer seasons, it's it would probably be the one where they end up being like best friends with that girl who moved in next door. Robin. And it, yeah, it gets really sad because they like can't hang out with her. You know, because they have to go fight crime. I remember the first part of that episode being really good, but then like it goes into like a second part, and it's just it just kind of just has like a weird like second plot, and it just goes downhill. It, well, but I remember it, the first part being good. Mm, uh, I like the idea of that episode, but it does run a little bit long on the montage, or not the montage, but just on on their friendship before the actual conflict really kicks in. Uh, Cause you're, what you're, I think what you're thinking of is in the second act um, princess shows up and Robin becomes friends with her. Yes. And that's like where the, the conflict, I mean, the conflict is that the girls can't spend time with their friend, but like, that's a, that's not the strongest of conflicts. Um, it's an interesting episode. Yeah. I love mommy furious. That's my favorite. Yeah. That was really good. <laughs> with I'm a good lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, this is a, this is a great, uh, there's like a lot of things that you don't necessarily catch when you watch it the first time, especially if you're younger. Like at the end of the episode, it's implied that the Powerpuff Girls were about to beat up some random like just neighbor that the professor met yeah. <laughs> because they don't want this to happen again. Like the odds of the odds of the second one being a supervillain are pretty low, girls. Like you don't you don't have to. But like the episode ends with them like racing right towards her and the and the narrator's like, here we go again. <laughs> she, she just randomly knocks on the door. Hey, I saw that you guys beat up that bad person, so I made you a pie. Yep. <laughs> uh, there's also there's, there's the joke about uh, Buttercup putting something in the professor's pocket that he'll need on his date. I don't know what. But the professor's the kind of guy to invite someone to come live with them after, like, one date. So, I don't know. Also, that, that part of the beginning um, where before they go to the grocery store and, and he meets um, I'm a Good Lady, a.k.a. Sedusa... Um, where he's basically just hunched over, really depressed, walking over to his bed, and then he looks over to the left, and there's nobody sitting there. And it's it's some really good visual storytelling as well. Yeah, yeah, it's really sad, and it it doesn't. It's not overstated. It's not anything. It's just you get you get it. You, he looks over in the bed, and you know. So, uh, I so I watched that stuff with you, and then I also watched the first half of Hilda which is uh it's a show on Netflix. Netflix like right like this month or the, the this past month really came out with a lot of good or interesting animated shows. Uh like BoJack had a new season. Uh what is it? Dra <laughs> Dragon Prince which I didn't I haven't gotten a chance to check out By yet. By the time this episode comes out there'll be a new season of Big Mouth. <laughs> all right. All right. That's that's fine. That's fine. Um but no Hilda came out as well and then um disenchantment disenchanted dis disenchantment yeah yeah whatever that one's called i mean I, I didn't <laughs> i didn't like it but i know i know a lot of people did but like i mean either way i'm very happy that netflix is doing this big push because for a while it was basically it was like 
Bojack, F is for Family, and then a like a bunch of kind of like not great like kids shows. There's like, that claymation one. The name I can't remember. It's like Thun- Thunderdale something. Recently or <laughs> no? It's it's older. I think it only had the single season. Oh, um, but yeah, there was like a decent amount of like stuff that was for kids that like like DreamWorks spinoffs and stuff like that. But no, recently they seem to be stepping their game up uh, big time. And Hilda. Hilda is uh, it's based on, I believe, a, a French Canadian comic or maybe just a French comic. But it's it's a really sweet show. I, I wasn't I wasn't particularly drawn in by it myself, but I could definitely see how for like a younger audience, especially it, it's just like a really sweet kind imaginative show that kind of touches on some of those things about growing up and making friends and interacting with the world around you when you're so, uh, when you're so young, it, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It was interesting. Uh, it just didn't, it didn't grip me in the way I, I knew it group gripped, uh, some other people, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I do recommend checking it out. Cool. It just, it's, it's in one of those categories of shows. Like, I feel like I just kind of feel like I'm too old for some shows now. And I don't, I, I, I gotta be careful with how I say that. Uh, I'm not saying that there's any age limit like I'm setting on anyone else. Just me personally, I feel like for certain stories about just kind of like growing up, I just feel like I've just kind of passed that and I just I don't engage with it anymore. Uh, like um, what, what are some other good examples? Like like I guess like Craig of the Creek or something, which looks like a nice show, right. but it, it just didn't. Clarence. Yeah. Yeah. Clarence kind of too, um, where they're just like they seem like all right shows, but they just don't they don't grip me in that way. And that's fine. They're not, they're not supposed to like, you know, they're not aimed for me. And, uh, and like I said, I'm not hating on anyone that's my age and likes this stuff. It's just, I feel like me personally, I'm just not engaging with those types of stories anymore. Right. Just got to be careful with how I say that. Cause I know people on the internet will be like, like I said, you can't enjoy this show if you're over 24. Yeah, what are you talking about? I still enjoy Mickey mouse clubhouse. God, <laughs> that that's not uh, true. I do not watch that. No, you just watch Sausage Party and other age appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, goodness. All right. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a decent amount of news this week. Right. Uh, so first off, we have in our like token Disney news, because Disney's <laughs> all about the, the reboots right. these days. Lilo and Stitch is getting a live action movie, or it's in the works at least. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's kind of surprising because even though, like, um, you know, they did, they did what? Sleeping Beauty, they did Beauty and the Beast, they did, um, uh, Maleficent. Right, right. Like, they've, th- this, this Lion would be King, like, Jungle Book. Right, right. Yeah, th- th- this is, this is like down there. But I guess it's a little more surprising in that, um, Lilo and Stitch has always kind of been one of the more offbeat Disney movies. It's, it's one of my favorites, but it's one of those ones that, you could see them skipping over or at least not getting to yet. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't really know how I feel about it. Honestly. I mean, it'll probably be the same as all the rest of them where I just don't watch it, but this, this might be the one that gets my interest. Cause Lilo and stitches. Um, that's a movie I care about a lot. You see, like it's weird. I, I wasn't as familiar with the movie as I was with the TV series. Like that's kind of more down my alley. Yeah. I, I don't oh, remember the TV the movie show fondly. Yeah. Did did you watch the movie that kicked off the TV or I'm sorry that ended the TV show the um Leroy and Stitch Leroy and Stitch I I I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid but I remember 
loving the heck out of that movie because um i've always just been a big fan of like alternate versions of the main protagonist fighting the protagonist so when you have a whole movie that's based around that with 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 leroy fighting against stitch i thought it was such a cool idea and such a cool concept and i loved the the fact that all of the other um aliens were in there too and it was i thought it was great so you're excited for this new movie uh i'm excited uh yeah i would say i'm excited um i don't know where i i like i'll I'll agree with you pie guy i think it's definitely a weird choice because when i think of lilo and stitch the first thing that comes to my mind isn't oh yeah disney made this movie you know it it is kind of one of the more offbeat disney movies that they've ever made but it's also got it's also got one of the youngest protagonists too yeah watch you know in hollywood now that they'll do something like aging her up like making her like (laughs) like casting megan fox or something i don't know oh god (laughs) (laughs) they probably would do something like that I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know who I'd want to play. I mean, I I I'd assume Stitch would be CG. Yeah, same with the the villain too. Uh, um, Gantu. I think that's the the big guy with the big arms and like the yeah, yeah the Gantu. shark the shark head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you do you do hey, um, bringing up the series that does kind of make me wonder if they would actually incorporate any elements included in that in this like kind of sort of remake live action thing. It'd be kind of cool to get uh Ruben or uh 625 as he's known right. uh in there or just like like one or two other things. I'm not saying I want I mean knowing how big uh Angel, which is Stitch's cousin, but also his love interest. Um <laughs> but I guess I guess cuz they use the term cousin loosely anyway. Um <laughs> there's just experiments that were all made by the same guy. They're not actually well, they might be genetically related. Anyway, um, <laughs> she's really big. No, she's really big merchandise-wise in Japan, so I could see them adding her. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything particularly limiting about the fact that they're they're turning an animated series slash movie into live action. Like, I feel like it, it like it it's not really something that'll take away from it. Well, but here's here's the thing. Here's the thing that kind of makes me wonder not not to hate on it, but just that like. A good chunk of the cast are aliens, which would either be CG or, let's be honest, they're going to be CG. They're not going to yeah. be people in makeup. Um, Mocap. Right. Uh, so there's a good chunk of them. And then the human characters, the main one is supposed to be, I think, like eight. But like they're not going to cast an eight-year-old. An eight, I mean, maybe they will, but I don't know how good the acting is. And then they'd have to find one that's also culturally appropriate. Right. Uh, you know, because then the, they'd... Disney would hear from it. I mean, it should, they're, they're it like Hawaiian be. Polynesian Island, correct? Correct. Something well, like it's, it's Hawaii. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just I feel like there's like a decent amount of hurdles. Not that they can't overcome them, but that that's why I'm thinking it's not the most obvious to do like a live action remake with. But I guess the Jungle Book wouldn't be either. So, right. <laughs> Which that was a weird movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, but but as far as I can tell, because like I said, I haven't seen any of them. As far as I can tell, all of these films have done at least okay like oh I, jungle book did amazing at the box office really yeah it did really well which is what because andy circus you know andy circus the guy that, that did mocap for like um 
He Gollum, did like right? yeah, he did Gollum. He did uh, Caesar and the Planet of the Apes movies. He did uh, um, uh, oh god, was he Voldemort? No, he was not. Snoke in in the new Star Wars ah, movies. So basically Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> um, any anywho, he recently directed uh another adaptation of the Jungle Book, that's completely separate from the Disney version, but it's still like, uh, Rudyard Kipling's story. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be like a big release, but I'm pretty sure they they downplayed it. I don't even know if it's been released yet, but I'm pretty sure they they scaled down the release because people would probably confuse it with the Disney one. And I think this this interpretation is a bit more um, serious. So, hmm. but yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not like super against uh, this movie, but I'm I don't know. It's 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 <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, at this point, there's no stopping this trend, right? Uh, whether you like it or not, and. Yeah, I don't know. I, I we were joking beforehand. Uh, if they made like a, a live action Emperor's New Groove or Home on the Range, <laughs> Emperor, but Emperor's New Groove would make sense. That one would actually be pretty funny. I think. You think so? Yeah, because you you have an actual actor, and then you do CG llama, and right get actual John Goodman. I mean, that would be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's maybe a little too old, but uh, right. <laughs> But no, I, I think I mean because that's actually about humans. I mean, I don't, I don't. <laughs> you'd have to cast someone really funny to be Isma. Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, I have no idea who you would get for here like that. Yeah. I. I mean, I'd say Joan Rivers, but she passed away. <laughs> Rip. That's not funny, monsters. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, any, anyway, <laughs> man, this is a this is a super cheery episode we got going yeah. on. Uh, so the next bit of news is the is the big one. Big news, right? Uh, so Comedy Central is launching. No, um, <laughs> the, the big news is that there's a new president of Nickelodeon, which is not entirely surprising because they they lost a president, which yep. is always this is always a sign that like for whatever reason Simon was out. Um, it wasn't good because if it was good, they would have had someone lined up to take her place immediately. Right. So. And I mean, it's possible he did, and then they're just like announcing him now. But I don't know. I mean, after all the stuff I've heard about her, that I wouldn't. Anyway, <laughs> um, so this guy Brian Robbins, he's got a pretty, uh, pretty respectable career in film and television, and at least what the article lists him as, and possibly his greatest accomplishment is creating awesomeness TV. Now, now, if you're anything like me, you might be thinking, oh, he created like a terrible, terrible show on Nickelodeon, and. I mean, I guess indirectly he did, but this is Awesomeness TV, the YouTube group, uh, the YouTube. Yeah, they're more than just a because the 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 show on Nickelodeon was kind of spun off as like you know little skits starring the people from the YouTube group. That show was really bad. But yeah, and I don't know, maybe the YouTube content. Remember that is... Fine Bros show on Nickelodeon? <laughs> no, don't don't just stop. Um, <laughs> but but no, but like uh, Awesomeness TV is apparently a really big thing, and it's it's really popular with kids, regardless of like. I don't know what old people that it is irrelevant, like whatever, whatever we think. But he has achieved that and he does at least understand what kids want and are interested in. And so, yeah, I I don't have anything really bad to say about him. Yeah, he, he has an interesting resume. Like um, it says that he directed Norbit, the Eddie Murphy movie. Oh, and that's. That is infamously <laughs> one of the worst comedies of the 2000s. Well, that's funny because that killed Eddie, Eddie Murphy's career. Yeah, but it didn't kill much. a director's career. 
Yeah, he also directed Good Burger, on the other mm. hand, which is, you know, nice. I guess a Nickelodeon kids classic. Um, and then he also, he produced and developed on Kenan and Kel, all that. Um, Sonny with a Chance, which is a, that's a Disney show that had Demi Lovato in it. And also some some more uh, adult and teen-oriented stuff like Smallville and One Tree Hill. So, I mean, what everybody think, gets, gets their one screw-up, I think, and that was probably Norbit. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, a lot of these shows that are listed, a lot of these things are not like the Shaggy Dog he directed or produced. Uh, they're not. And that's not Dougal, <laughs> right? But it was also not a very liked movie. But I mean, I don't know. The dude has been he's been around like ever. Like he's you know because of Austin's TV, he's kind of been a little bit in internet TV. He's been in kids TV. He's been with Nickelodeon, Disney. He's been with some adult TV. He's been with movies. Like I feel like that's the kind of career you want to get as a president of your your network because that's someone who understands the zeitgeist or as you'd say Mm -hmm. so yeah um i don't really have much to say about him i just kind of wanted to um we have a second news article that kind of ties in with this and i kind of wanted to talk a little bit about just nickelodeon in general and what's been going on with them so our other news article um it basically it just says that two high-level nickelodeon executives Bronwyn O'Keefe and Lee Ann Chimowilski Larson. Very mouthful names. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have both let or been let go. They've been they parted ways, as they say. Um, <laughs> Amicable split. Yeah. And apparently when asked, Nickelodeon just says that they don't talk about what goes on in their company. Like they don't talk about their personnel issues, which is just that's, that's always wonderful. Mm. Like, I mean, I, I get why. No company wants to have that out, but just like, especially in the entertainment industry, when everything is so behind closed doors and so sketchy, like, I just, I hate that. I, I wish, I don't, want, I don't want them want to the throw. <laughs> well, I, no, I don't want people. I want, I don't want anyone thrown under the bus. But like, here's the thing. All right, Nickelodeon in the past year, okay, they got rid of the guy who made the Fairly Odd Parents, whose name is banned from this podcast. <laughs> uh, but who has, from other people's accounts that have worked with him, has not been the easiest to work with guy. They got rid of Dan Schneider, who, like, allegations aside, uh, has been known to have, like, a, a bad temper and been difficult to work with and really set in his ways. Uh, they got rid of Saima. Now they're stepping down two more executive uh, people. Like, something is going on at the network. Either they're purging the bad people because they're trying to make it better or there's some sort of hostile takeover or something but like that this is all very sketchy like the two the two uh creators at nickelodeon that had been there for over 10 years are gone like that doesn't just happen you don't let go of those same people at the same time and we granted we don't know the details uh but we, we we do know that dan schneider at least um he had two shows in production he didn't want right. to leave. There's no way he wanted to leave. So whether Nickelodeon found out something about him and, and nixed it and distanced themselves before that could get out or whether Nickelodeon didn't want to work with him or his shows were underperforming, um, whatever the reason, it's just it's been a it's it's just crazy. I, I don't know. I want to say this is good for Nickelodeon if they're purging the people that are toxic like that is good. But I do worry that it's it's just more. You know what I mean? Like some, something worse is going on in there. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of um of back in like the 2007, 8 
years um, when for Cartoon Network, when Jim Samples resigned and Stuart Snyder was getting hired, there was a huge overhaul of executives at Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, you know, that that went with the shifting of presidents. Um, yeah, it, this is this is interesting. Um, it's, it is weird. Um, I, I think they also just announced I, I think that there's a bunch of changes going on um, at Viacom as a whole, the parent company of Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like, I think they just hired some new people for BET. But yeah, this is this is really interesting. They're they're probably trying to get a new you know image and get some new fresh blood in there. Um, and also, I mean, uh, I've been looking a little bit at the ratings for Viacom shows and particularly Nickelodeon, and they haven't been great, especially in the past year or two. No. So perhaps maybe uh, with cable subscriptions going down and less viewership, maybe they're just trying to accomplish you know big things with just less people. Yeah, I mean, according to, to the consolidate article, costs. it is just saying that it's uh, Viacom implemented around rounds of layoffs, eliminating hundreds, right. cost-cutting measure. But right. that doesn't, I mean, who knows? Yeah, cable's going down the down Like, the that's, that's the thing. I mean, you could look at Nickelodeon and say the ratings are going down, but then you can also look at just across the board and say they're going down, so... I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what this all means. I let's let's hope that it means that just new fresh people are getting to coming in to try to to totally revamp the network, which needs it, uh, because it's it's very worrying that it's still still reliant on SpongeBob, still pushing the Loud House, and then it has this push for retro stuff. But as we kind of talked about, it's just like that's that's not a certainty and that's not a, that's a limited resource. You know, there's only so many shows you can reboot. Like yeah. and the, the state of their live action stuff isn't the best right now either. No, no, it's a lot of, well, it's a lot of attempting to be Dan Schneider. Shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Gohan? Dan Schneider creeps me out. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. Ever since I saw all the, all that controversy about him, I just haven't, I don't know. I've just felt bad like watching a lot of those shows because it's like I don't know. I don't know if any of that stuff about him is true, but it just you know, it's just that knowledge you know. Like it's just it just makes you not think about that the same way you know. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, in line with this, uh, kind of different news, similar though. Uh, Comedy Central has announced that it's going to. Start an animated shorts program. Huh. Which I'm really Comedy excited for. Comedy Central's Viacom, right? No, no, they are Viacom. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, so this is like another thing that, I, I don't know, there, there is definitely something up going on with Viacom, but this is cool. So if you don't know, uh, this sort of thing, well, Cartoon Network at least has done it for years. Like, they are the, the entire reason we got the Powerpuff Girls uh, and Courage the Cowardly Dog and Dexter's Lab and like like a third of the cartoon cartoons is because they initially sought out just like independent animators to make these shorts for them for their short anthology series. And then they just picked the most successful ones of those. And then they did that later on, like another round. And that's how we got Kids Next Door. That's how we got uh, Billy yeah, and Mandy. Picks. Yep. And then even further later, they did the Cartoon Institute, which didn't end up filling its goal, but it's still was able to produce um regular was... show and uncle grandpa right right so and then even later than that you know we we had um we had Frederators, um oh yeah cartoons which spawned adventure time and fanboy and chum chum 
Um, right. And, and actually, also, well, continue. speaking of speaking of OEA cartoons, the original incarnation of OEA cartoons on Nickelodeon, that's what gave us Fairly Odd Parents and I think Teenage Robot. Oh, really? I thought Fairly Odd Parents came from Cartoon Network's What a Cartoon. No. Oh. Nope. Well, yeah, a bunch of stuff came from that too, but like the uh the What a Cartoon show that, you know, spawned Dexter's Lab, Johnny Bravo, Powerpuff Girls. A primordial version of Family Guy. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. But but basically what we're getting at is just that like historically this has worked to produce some really great shows. You just I mean it makes sense, right? You bring in a bunch of fresh faces, you just have them you know, show me what you got and then <laughs> And then you just take the best ones. And now with the internet, like you can absolutely see feedback in a huge way that you could never do before. You know, I mean, not not even just that the internet exists, but just that like things like Twitter exist, like Twitter polls, like just the most simplest of yes or no clicks to get someone's right. uh, opinion on Adult it. Which... Swim does that too. Like they, sometimes they'll upload like an entire slate of like five pilots to their website, and there's just a little thing at the bottom where you can vote for which one you like the most. Oh, and actually, on that note, uh, you, you're even even more recently with Cartoon Network. Like two years ago, they uploaded a bunch of shorts, and right. that's how uh, Victor and Valentino and Infinity Train were born. Yeah. Yep. So I. So yeah, this is good news. Uh, this is exciting, and Co- Comedy Central. Um, I mean, it has it has South Park. Yeah, they've uh, had South Park, and they. They had Futurama for a long time before that got canceled. But like in recent years, they've had shows that they animated shows that they try to really promote and, you know, try to make them stick like uh, Legends of Chamberlain Heights and Trip Tank. But they just didn't do well enough to stay on the network. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, this is good. And especially because it, like I just I hope. I hope they'd be diverse with it. And the thing that kind of gets me about Comedy Central shows, the thing that gets me about adult animation in general is that it, it like almost always wants to go for that like super gory, like borderline nudity, dr- yeah. drugs, smoking, like, like, like all the, that the stuff. Mr. Pickles type stuff. Right. I mean, South Park and Archer and like, it's not that I don't like this style. I mean, Bojack is, is in this style and like, I like it, but like so many adult shows fall into that category that it's just like, like you, you could have an uh, an adult show that's just mature, like that you know that has some sexual situations, that has some drug use or smoking, but it's not like you know token character that does all of these things all the time, which is like so many of them. I don't know. <laughs> it's just it just feels like it's like well we're an adult show, so we gotta we gotta show that we're an adult show. It's like no, you could just you could just be more mature. <laughs> like right. uh, where do y'all you know, think that trope originated though? Like what what show do you think started that? That's Simpsons a good question. Guy? Not the Simpsons. The Simpsons isn't. It, it's not like that. Actually, it is at times. But I would no. I haven't seen enough of it. <laughs> but um, um, maybe maybe like Stewie and Family Guy. What's that show I'm thinking of? Um, where it's all those guys and they're in New York. It used to be on Adult Swim. Like there was a. It's not the Oblongs, but it's it's a show that aired around the same the time PJs? on Adult Swim. It, no. Uh, they were all in like a one bedroom apartment and like the brother had glasses. God, what am I thinking of? Was it Man. 2D animation? Yes. Cause I think i cause I feel like that show is the one that started that trope. Cause he's a very Bojack Horseman esque character. And I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I think, it, I think it's South Park. Um, as much as I love South Park, yeah. I think 
I think that they, because I mean, they're they're what like ninety. 93, 94, something like that is when they came out and or 97. Um, them and Family Guy kind of really made it popular. But like, you, you just I don't know. It's it's just a trend that like, I don't mind it, but not every show has to do it. And I mean, you see it in in Disenchantment with like Lucy, the the, the devil that's always, you know, little devil. And even the main character who's just like hard drinking all the time. And it's just like. There's other ways to show that it's an adult show. I, I don't know. Um, like, you know, uh, stuff like moral oral and like it's just it's always so heavy on that that it, it just I don't know. Anyway, my my rant over. Did you find out what you're talking about? I'm 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 checking uh, Adult Swim's wiki right now looking for it. <laughs> Is that what? Uh, let's see. Twelve ounce mouse. <laughs> what? The, what's the what's the other adult swim weird show with the the drinky the drinky crow show do you ever watch that one? Oh, that might be what you're talking about i vaguely know what that is yeah that one was weird but yeah like that's the thing adult swim like rick from rick and morty what's he always doing he's always drinking you know yeah. it's like yeah <laughs> it's just i don't know um that that's honestly why I generally like kids shows a little more in that in it, because they they can't they can't be like so violent so they have to get more creative with it. Well, anyway, we attempt to. <laughs> we got off on a big tangent, um, but I do I do I just kind of worry that that's that's what people are going to try to do to appeal to Comedy Central. They're just going to try to make it another South Park, another Gore Fest, another uh, you know, Rickleberry. Right. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, so yeah, so that's the news. And that no, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> oh man, you you stole it. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, two questions this week. One from Cartoons to Last uh, over on our Discord server. We have it's a Cartoons server. Two. <laughs> oh, sorry, its name is Cartoons Two. Uh, I just copy and pasted it from the Discord, and it it just it gives you the date, but it says like last Sunday instead of just saying. You know, a day. Anyway, <laughs> Cartoons 2 asks, uh, like, you know, I'm going to, um, I'm just going to clean up what he, his phrasing is a little odd on this. But uh, basically, he's asking, um, why doesn't Cartoon Network do what Nickelodeon is doing right now with their reboots uh, and their revivals? In that, even though Cartoon Network does have, like, what what are we up to, four shows that are now Reboots or spinoffs, if you include Drama Rama, Ben Ten, Powerpuff Girls, and Teen Titans Go, like we're we're up to that. But we don't have we don't really have any show that's a continuation of the original. We don't have any a revival aside aside from Samurai Jack, which was kind of gobbled up by Adult Swim anyway. Um, but yeah, we don't have a revival. We don't have a big push for that old content. Like like I've said many times about the Boomerang app is not that. Um, we don't have, here's a TV movie. Here's, here's a new Dexter's lab TV movie. Like we know they can get Gendy, right? Um, right. <laughs> you know, none of that. Why is Cartoon Network opting for their style that they're going for? And I mean, I guess, I guess just the thing is, is that it's, I, I don't know. It's weird because it, I would say that it's risky to do that sort of thing because if you bank too much on old stuff and nostalgia and all that like there is a limit to which people want that or need that and eventually you get burned out and if you've invested too much time and money into that you know it could be a big loss but then again they have so many reboots anyway i mean i know that we're living in a different time but 
uh, Cartoon Network's entire first five years of existence pretty much were reruns of shows from decades past. Yeah. And partial, you know, bumpers and and uh, and you know promos with semi revivals, I guess. Yeah. Well, see, this is stuff that me and me and you, Tanner, have been talking about for years. Cartoon right. Network seemingly, they it's almost as if they want to just ignore it. Like it's not like they don't know that people would love a continuation to like Ed Ed Nettie, or it's not like they don't know that people wouldn't love a continuation to the original Powerpuff Girls. But it's almost as if they've done everything they can to purposely avoid that. And I'm not sure why. I've never been sure why. I mean, we know this exactly because we we know that uh, Mr. Warburton pitched Galactic Kids Next Door and got turned down a few times. A few times. Like, we know specifically and directly that they just don't want continuations i mean there was the fog of courage which never aired in the states right that's a very good point same with johnny johnny goes to bollywood oh yeah johnny bravo that's another great point yeah i i don't i don't know i mean it 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 doesn't make sense because i mean as i harp on forever it's just like all it would take is like throwing the old stuff up on boomerang and promote it like that or you know, I don't know, do what Nickelodeon did and partner with, like, Netflix to bring just all the old shows. Like, Netflix had their old shows at one point, and then they decided to not renew the license. Right now, Cartoon Network, like, streaming Cartoon Network is a complete mess because mm-hmm. some of their shows are on Netflix. Some of their shows are on Hulu. Some of their shows are on Boomerang. Some of their shows are on their own networks, uh, just CartoonNetwork.com or Cartoon right. Network's app. That doesn't make any sense. Like, I understand having some stuff on their their network uh, anyway, like on their network site. and But, like, pick a service. Either have your stuff on Hulu or have it on Netflix. I, I would not recommend splitting the library between the two. Like, uh, uh, for some reason, the Ben 10 reboot, the first season, just got dropped on Netflix. Why? Why is that not on Hulu with the original Ben 10? Is on Hulu. Ben 10 Omniverse is on Hulu. Like... It it that doesn't make sense, um, because it just it, it's I mean for one as someone who owns all these services it's just confusing like it's just a pain in the butt like hey I want to watch um you know I don't know like Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated like is it on Netflix no is it on Hulu no it's not on Cartoon Network like okay cool they added it to the Boomerang streaming service great but like yeah and there's <laughs> some shows that aren't on any right <laughs> it's it's weird um. But yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I wish I had a good answer to this. Yeah, and, and even the ones that are on Netflix or are on Hulu, it's not even the entire show. Like I remember mm-hmm. having like Ed Ed Nettie on Netflix when that was on Netflix. They had only the first two seasons. And then yeah. they ended up taking it completely off. And then when they eventually added Ed Ed Nettie back on, they didn't have the first two seasons. They only had the last two seasons, seasons three and four. So it like it, it's just never been consistent, and that's I think another big well that's another big tangent I, I would get into. Yeah, but, same thing with their home releases. Yeah, well, and re- and yeah, yeah, their home releases is 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 another big tangent I could get into because they're just never consistent. Uh, most recently, I made a rant video on the fact that 
not only have we gotten the complete series of Courage the Cowardly Dogs DVDs individually, but we're also getting a complete series box set of Courage the Cowardly Dog when we haven't seen a season two release of Johnny Bravo, a season two release of Dexter's Lab when they were both a part of the same Hall of Fame DVD line that Courage was a part of originally. Yeah, and, and then like a few just... years back, out of nowhere, they dropped Foster season three. Yeah, like where did that cut? Like it literally just came out of nowhere. Yep. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, when their older shows are on streaming platforms, as I've lamented, like Ben Ten will be in HD widescreen for two seasons, and then the other two seasons won't. No. Just like inexplicably, I, I don't know. Cartoon Network really just needs to clean up its act, and I. I I don't want to say like Cartoon Network should just make its own streaming service, but I I I do heavily heavily think that they should morph Boomerang into just being a Turner library of everything they got, everything they can get their hands on, and I think that would interest that would interest people a lot more than what Boomerang is right now. Um and what I say Boomerang, I mean the streaming service. <laughs> yeah. Cuz people get confused, but I yeah. I have never spoke about the network spoken um but anyway yeah though that's that's a good question and it's interesting i mean i guess it's just ultimately it's just different strategies they they feel like starting fresh and trying to appeal to kids today is the better strategy and in some ways it might be in some ways you know instead of worrying about you know four series worth of continuity of ben 10 just rebooting it and taking the best elements from a few of the different versions might just be a better strategy of attracting new people. It it might be. It, it's not creatively. I don't think that's the best thing to do. But in terms of attracting the most people, that might be the best thing. The Powerpuff Girls. We've spoken about how there might be some issue with just the the violence of it in just doing a direct continuation. There, there just might be, and it might have just been a smarter bet for them to reboot it. I I don't know. Also, I know I bring this up every time I talk about Cartoon Network reboots, but. The only ones that they have rebooted pretty much are only due to the fact that they sold a lot of merch originally. Right. Powerpuff Girls, Ben 10 sold, I think Ben 10 sold like $5 billion worth of merch or something crazy like that. Like but worldwide. I, I guess what it is is that ultimately it just, they don't, they don't see our demographic as viable. And I mean, you That's know, exactly we're not, it. we're not business people. We're not executives. So there might be something important that we're not seeing there. You know, we, we might be overestimating how much our, generation our age group cares well, well um, tanner, tanner you actually just reminded me and pie guy i'm really curious of your opinion did you ever read that ign article about cartoon network sexism about a few years ago no the paul dini one yes the one where uh it, i believe it was paul dini where he came out and said that the way cartoon network views what they do for their shows um, like whenever they were doing what what did he say they were working on? Tower, Tower prep. prep? Yeah, yeah, Tower Prep. Like Cartoon Network would tell him when he was making the show, hey, make sure that the girls make sure they stand in the back. Make sure they're always behind the boys. Make sure the boys are always the closer ones to the screen because we want to sell toys. Because girls don't buy toys. Girls don't buy this. Girls don't buy that. You want? We want to sell these, you know, to the boys. And my biggest argument against that has always been the Powerpuff Girls. That show has had more merchandise than almost anything I've ever seen. Like, and that's a girl show. Like, girls totally buy toys. Girls totally buy these things. Like, I don't understand that mindset, but... It's it's an old Hollywood thing. 
uh, yeah. unfortunately. It's a yeah. stigma. But is... um, but yeah, yeah. no, I, I I I don't know. I, there there might be there might be something to it. But I guess I mean Nickelodeon is making bank with like you know hot topic shirts and all sorts of crazy <laughs> stuff. Like they don't even have to reboot or anything. Just the fact that Nickelodeon is making merchandise. They have their for own these like, old loot shows. crate. Right, they do the Nick box. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 crazy. I mean, you you would think. Yeah, no, I mean, I <clears throat> there might be something logistically to make it so that they can't do it. Like maybe they just maybe something about the contracts of these old shows. They just didn't. I I, I don't know. I I don't know. A- anyway, um, to move on to the next question, uh, by Christian Goken. Uh, who asks us a lot of questions. Thank you. You give us a lot of good prompts. Uh, what is the fine line between artsy and pretentious? When does something try to tell an immersive story or go for a unique theme not seen often in shows go too far and end up seem like it's trying to be something more than it actually is? Hmm. So I guess I can start because my my answer is kind of... Like the show that comes to my mind when talking about this is Adventure Time because Adventure Time, you know what? It's it's always ambitious. Pretty much every episode is ambitious in one way or another. And a lot of times that ambition is in trying to be deep or trying to make some statement about humanity or, or something or like the nature of storytelling. And, you know, when you when you try to make big, bold statements like that, when you try to go for a moral that isn't just like, you know, be nice to everyone or, or something like that, it, it's it's risky because you have to convey your message. There's a fine line between being so subtle that no one picks up on it and so blatant that it's not it's not interesting. Like no one wants a, 11 minutes of being told something, right? Like I want right. a story that weaves something into the, you know, narrative that kind of gets its message across that. I feel like I got the message, but I, you know, I wasn't like just told the message. That's ultimately what it is. That's what storytelling is. Generally it's finding that fine line between making sure an audience knows something, but then also hiding a certain amount of things from the audience. So some things are left to be uh, surprises. But um, but as far as when does it like like the fine line? I mean, that's who's to say like that's that depends. Yeah. Are you kind of leaning into the territory of like something being, quote unquote, fake deep? Where it's yeah. just like, yeah, where it's like it tries to be more. uh, More has have more content than it actually does have. Well, you know, um, yeah, go on. I was going to say, um, when I when I think about that term fake deep, I often think about the recent seasons of South Park. I know I bring up that example a lot, but just like, you know, it set out to, to be, I don't know if it was necessarily pretentious in the way that it tried to convey what it was trying to convey, but um, no, it, it definitely tried to set out and do a lot um, and tried to hit these points of social commentary, but I thought it fell short on all accounts in the past few seasons. In what ways? Uh, just not delivering, like, because I I think the the way that South oh, which, Park, like which, uh... which like particular examples, uh, Sorry. With, like, <laughs> no, it's fine. Like with the the whole ads thing and like the the trolling thing with Kyle's dad, like I think they were trying to make some some bigger, more important statements, and they just weren't that, you know, weren't that impressive or meaningful. 
Right. I think the member barriers would be a good example of yeah. that. Where they, they, they were clearly trying to set some connection up with like the, the reliance on nostalgia and all that. But then their storyline got so mangled up that like the point of the member berries and like who was behind them and what they were trying to really be just became, it just, it was just a dumb joke. It was, it's essentially yeah. pickle Rick, you know, like that yep. level of just like, um, and actually pickle Rick's another good example, but I'll let you go next, Jamie. That's a really difficult question to be completely honest with you. Um, I mean, I could think of a lot of movies that try to be something and then they just don't quite get there. Um, but I can't think of any cartoons recently that have done that. So I guess the closest thing I can think of would have to be um, uh, Family Guy. Because in recent <laughs> seasons, they've been trying to, I don't know, like like they'll try, they'll try to make a statement. Like whenever they try to... Um, make a statement to the fans or to Fox or to whatever about like, Oh, you know, you can't cancel us because you know, we're this and that. And it's just, I don't know. Like, I guess, I, I guess they, they in some way are, are trying to prove a point, but it's just, they just end up looking pompous, you know, as a result, you know? So that's the best I can think of. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, another example and, I recently saw a great video by one shadow streak about pickle Rick uh, <laughs> that I agree with him on, but no pickle Rick is a great example of being faux deep because that ending where it's like the therapist like analyzes Rick and it's like, this is the, this is the psyche of, of Rick. It, it's what makes him tick. And it's just like, it doesn't work because it's a character flat out telling you it's like the, mm-hmm. it, it's like the creator of the show being like, hi, this is, this is what Rick is. And this is why he is so messed up. And this is, and it just, it, it's so much it's so much less powerful than ha- actually seeing it you know right. um like like when in the road to you it's it's way better when it's implied and you just kind of figure it out on your own right like like when he makes the the robot to pass the salt or whatever and it's like you know life has no purpose or whatever like that is an interesting glimpse into his character um yeah. you know how he interacts with morty is interesting glimpses into his character morty he burying like his salt. own body right like that's there's there's there is deepness in rick and morty i don't want to imply that there isn't but that episode in particular pickle rick is one of those that just it, it's not there because it's it's just a point blank here let it me tell you away <laughs> yeah um yeah but i guess ultimately i if, if i do have one thing to say on like where is the line i would say a lot of it depends on how much respect your audience has for the show. And I know that's like a weird thing, but if you hear me out on this, um, if, if you're like, if you're a director, right, if you're someone like um, Kubrick, right, who has been respected, uh, you know, very, very, very highly and who whose works like are known to have deep themes in them then you can get away with a lot more because your audience goes in expecting that and and knowing that and trusting the creator that there's going to be something deep in it and that the that the the stuff that might seem pointless actually has value in it um yeah it, if you're someone that's you know if you're a show that's made of the first season or whatever like you're you're just kind of starting out and you try to put all these deep meanings it, it it just it doesn't always necessarily work because the show doesn't necessarily trust it. I think that's part of why uh, season one of BoJack, like the first few episodes, didn't get 
rated very highly because a lot of people were skeptical that this goofy horse show could really pull off some of the more mature themes and the, you know, the, the darker elements that it had because they didn't know yet. Like, right. You know, we, we like to, people like to think of stories and, and things as concrete as like, you know, I give X a rating because of Y reason. And therefore I'll give another thing, the same rating because of Y reason. But like, um, the way you interact with a story, the way you view a story can change and the way, you know, just the the respect and like things like that, like little things that you don't think could affect something do affect it for better or worse. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not to get all, not to get all fake deep on everyone. Um, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's <laughs> the questions. The questions so yep. next week, we have a very special recast. Recast number 10. Boom. And we are talking about an episode that has not aired as of us recording this. It might have aired by the time this releases. Um, uh, actually, no. probably the day before. Oh, well, <laughs> well, well. Okay, anyway. It's a, it's the episode uh, from OKKO called Crossover Nexus. It's it's the big event that's being billed under Raven from Teen Titans Go as a Raven event. So that's super wonderful. <laughs> uh, so we're comparing that episode to the Teen Titans Go episode PPG versus T TG, I think is what it's called. Yeah, I might reverse that. Um, but yeah, we're reviewing those. We're talking about those two episodes and we have both Kuro the Artist and Shadow Streak returning. So there's going to be lots of us. It's going to be lots of fun. And uh Please, please do check it out. If you only watch one episode of the recast, maybe watch the Chuck Conroy one, but also watch <laughs> also watch that one and also keep watching this one. Anyway, uh, <laughs> those are the that's next week. And then the week after we're going to have Kuro back on to talk about more Ben 10. But this time, instead of talking about the reboot, we're actually going to be talking about Back with a Vengeance, the season two finale of the first Ben 10 series, Ben 10 classic and War of the Worlds parts one and two from Alien Force, which is the season two Alien Force finale. As we're getting a little closer to Halloween, it's kind of, you know, Aliens, War of the Worlds, etc. Uh, but they're both really good season two Ben 10 finales, and that should be a lot of fun as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So if you can only watch 10 episodes of the recast, <laughs> you should watch the first 10 and then refresh that uh, the, that feeling of only watching 10 for the next 10. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... We have two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episodes to talk about. Uh, Gohan, you picked the episodes this week. Yes. So you uh, want to yeah. talk about... Yeah. We, we we gave you the prompt of just... We don't really know much about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but we want to talk about them, and we know you like them, and so you pick two episodes that you feel are kind of, like, comparable. Yes, I am a huge... Uh, I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan, and I always have been... Um, I grew up with the 87 series and of course I obviously grew up with the 2003 series as well and uh, while both are comparatively different uh, I was always more of a bigger fan of the 2003 series now what we're comparing is the 2003 and the 2012 the 2012 I actually haven't seen almost any of with the exception of the episode that obviously we're comparing um so i'm excited to delve into this to, to delve into unexplored territory with the 2012 series and some beloved territory with the 2003 series so let's let's kick it off let's let's kick it off um okay what did you guys think of the two episodes 
so um well first off we should describe what the episodes are so <laughs> this is gonna get confusing i'm just gonna call them like the 03 episode and the 2012 episode and like the 03 series and the 2012 series because technically they have different names but like <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so um to start off we have attack of the mousers from the 03 series which uh it's basically it's the third episode of the intro storyline for this uh, this show and the turtles have just taken april o'neill back to their secret lair she's the first one to know about them and she was attacked by her old boss, Baxter Stockman, uh, and his robotic mouser things, uh, which are running around stealing from the city. And so the turtles have to go and fight the mousers, fight Stockman, take them down. The 2012 episode is kind of similar, but instead April O'Neil's cell phone has been stolen by a gang of thieves. And the turtles try to go get it back against Splinter's warnings. Uh, along the way, this dog meat man, dog pound dog pound um, gets hold of the phone, and Baxter Stockman is also involved. There's all involved. There's a lot of villains in this episode, um, mm-hmm. and basically, the turtles are fighting against each other on who's the A team and who's the B team of the between two and two of the turtles, and they each split up and they end up fighting the mousers and trying to get the cell phone back. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess we'll start more with the the O three uh, series. What did What did you guys think of this episode? So with the O three series, um, I would. I mean, obviously, I'm very familiar with this episode uh, because it just gives continuing to give me flashbacks of pretty much the, how it almost very almost exactly happened in the eighty seven series, but um, hmm. just watching. Uh, the freaking Mausers in comparison to the 2012 was, I don't know, because I'm a big fan of the comics too. And the way they look in the comics and the way they look in, in just both these shows is just, is just so different. And, uh, I really like Baxter in the 2003 version. I think his character is so much more fleshed out, especially once we get into later episodes, but this is such a great introduction for him because you really get to see, you know, just, well, I mean, this is just his introduction, you know. Um, but I, I should, can, can we get delve into spoilers or no? Oh yeah, no. This is this. <laughs> there's no such thing yeah, as no spoilers limits. on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so the Mausers uh, going up against the Turtles is. Uh, so it, I mean, really, because Baxter Stockman is one of my favorite Turtle villains. I used to. I remember as a kid, I, I would always play with the uh, with the Mausers action figures from the 2003 series. And um, <laughs> me too. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I will admit that in the 2012 episode, I did like how there was more character dynamic. You know, there was more going on. Really? With the tur- I, I, th- I you thought think so. so. I thought really? so. Okay, so yeah, I'm. I am a complete noob with the turtles. Like. I was, I never saw the, I mean, I, I was a little too old for the, or sorry, a little too young to catch the original Turtles. Like, I never saw them in reruns. And then uh, I was a D- Kids WB kid. So I saw plenty <laughs> of commercials, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Flash Forward and all that sort of stuff. But then, <laughs> you know, I was too busy watching the Titans and Static Shock and all that. Uh, right, right. But anyway, um, so like I, that's interesting that you say that because 
I was a little I was a little worried when you picked these episodes and I saw I saw like, oh, this is part three of like a five part story. Like, I had a, is this going to be all right for me to jump into? But like, actually, I feel like this was a great episode to introduce me to like the turtles in general, because it we see their backstory. And even though we missed like a little bit of the story with April being attacked, they recap it pretty well at the beginning. And I feel like April's reaction to the turtles is kind of like like a good way to be like, yeah, that, this is kind of freaky, but I can dig it. Like, um, but but to, to your point, I thought I actually thought they had a little more personality in the 03 series, whereas in the 2012 series, they seemed a little more. Static, I guess. I don't no. know. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree with the personality, um, but I just think that in what well, specific is. Like I said, I haven't seen too much of the 2012 series, but specifically in the episode, I think that they had more like going on with each other. Like you said, like with, with the with the oh, well, I'm the A team or you're the B team or, or, you know, there was another thing going on with the turtles other than the mission at hand or other than, you know, what was going on. Because, well, yeah, right. there was the Mausers and there was Baxter Stockman. There was, oh, we got to get we got to get April O'Neil's phone. There was, you know, oh, I'm the B team or oh, I'm the A team, you know. And while, yeah, the, the, the 2003 had a good, you know, introduction to the characters and everything, I felt that maybe that subtracted a little bit from the story the episode was trying to tell. But I guess, you know, because it is part three of a five-part story, that could be why, you know? But, right. Well, be, because that that is the thing, is that ultimately the Mousers and the Turtles, the Turtles, like, you know, interact with Baxter Stockman for about a minute of the episode, like before he runs off. Um, <laughs> because it is a lot of like, here's backstory on the turtles. Here's uh, the mousers extended scene of the mousers, like robbing a bank. Like, but I thought that was cool. Like I, I liked that attack of the mousers uh, in the 2003 was slower and a little bit more like breathing room. Whereas 2012 felt, it, it felt like it was like, here's, this is this is a comedy cartoon meant to be silly and over the top. Like that's that's what 2012 felt like. 2003 felt like this is an action show and yeah, we're goofy and we're comedic and we're cowabunga, dude. But <laughs> but you know, when we have scenes of like, you know, April telling about how she was attacked, we're going to play like sad music and we're going to we're going to treat it with seriousness. Um and that's like that's that is an interesting juxtaposition between the 2003 and 2012 cuz 2012 was definitely trying to be more comedic. I don't know. Oh, for sure. Did you guys find either of these episodes to be funny? I guess I was going to ask which one is funnier, but did you find either of them to be funny? No. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. I don't think so either. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Like, I felt like I felt like 2003 Turtles. I didn't laugh, but I liked their banter. I liked how quippy they were yeah. with each other. Yes. I liked the the like, you know, uh, a wise frog once said it ain't easy being great like th that's how the episode opens yeah. a reference to kermit the frog um <laughs> i always love michelangelo and <laughs> Raphael has some good lines too yeah. right uh mikey is constantly picking on is that Raph? the the one the Raph is the one with the red headband he's the angry yeah, one the one with yeah the one with a very awesome new york accent uh picking <laughs> on the other one i found that to be very playful and not like mean um like i didn't find it funny but I I am I was amused by their banter, whereas 2012 they were telling a lot of jokes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, not not much of it hit. And they had all those Star Trek references too. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, can we talk about that? There's a scene where... So, okay, so the whole core concept of the episode, aside from the Mausers, is that two of the turtles, I guess the two that are good at fighting, uh, forgive me for not being super great with their names, um, but the two that are good at fighting are like, hey, we're good at fighting, and then the two that... the the goofy one and the bookworm one are like, we're not good yeah. at fighting. And then they're like, you're the B team. And then they use an example. Instead of using a parody of the A team, right? <laughs> they use a parody of Star Trek, which I guess kind of makes sense. They have a B team on Star Trek and they send down the red shirts. But what I, what got me is that this like parody that they show on the TV where they get like, it's kind of funny that these these guys get beamed down and instantly evaporated. But they're not wearing red shirts. That's the whole joke of Star Trek. Like that's the most that's the most well-known like Star Trek lol the red shirts, they're gonna die. And yet they don't have them wearing red shirts. I feel like he just kind of missed the punchline on that. Maybe Hmm. they were copyrighted. (laughs) It's too close to the original. Uh, but yeah, no, I've had like uh and then the 2012 um See, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I feel like I am definitely biased because I love early 2000s action shows. Same and here. I, I love the style, like the art style. I love the, just like the action in the O3 version is. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's amazing, but it's good action. In 2012, yeah. I don't understand. It's, it's like a CG show with anime flourish. Yeah, it almost kind of reminded me of Teen Titans. No, don't say that. <laughs> it's not. It's I, not. I, I commented while I, mean, I was watching the the 2012 episode that it almost kind of seemed like a combination between uh, OG Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go, and then it retains a lot of the silliness from Teen Titans Go, but in the same way, it has like those, you know, like those Japanese touches. And uh, I mean, I and... guess I guess you're not wrong, but I just I don't I just didn't find it gelled well. Like with the CG, I just I I don't know. I mean, it's an art style thing, and. That always takes more getting used to. And and as a reminder, both of these episodes are from early in season one of both these shows. So I'm sure 2012 like evolves its art style as it goes on. Um, this isn't mm-hmm. like a review of 2012 as a whole. This is just observations between these points in these two shows. But I don't know about you guys. Um, in 2012, I like the designs of the turtles and um, the masters look cool, but everything else was like awful looking yeah the people the water the the pizza the the like the pizza pizza looked gross i didn't it looked like a splotchy mess like maybe that was intentional i don't know i didn't like splinter's texture like he's over detailed not over detailed but just like i don't know it looks like a carpet like that doesn't look like an actual fur pattern (laughs) yeah that's what i was thinking too when i was watching it honestly (laughs) like someone threw a rug over master splinter (laughs) um yeah oh and the those thugs the the purple team or whatever um yeah they they did not look good they Mm -hmm. they looked like a ps1 game i i will say one thing though when you when you said which was funnier I actually am going to have to say the 2012, if only because I could not stop laughing at Clancy Brown's performance as one of the villains. <laughs> I just could not stop imagining, like, I, all I wanted to do was just get my computer and just edit these lines over Mr. Krabs. Like, that's all I wanted to do. Like, I was laughing so hard. If SpongeBob has taught me anything, all you need is Clancy Brown and robots. And there you go. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, yeah, I spotted that right away. Um but intentionally funny. Um, so did you guys like 
the whole A team versus B team story in the 2012 episode? Yeah, I liked it. I think that, um, like I said, I just think it helped give that right balance to the, like, I don't know. I think it helped give the right balance to the story that was going on as well as giving some type of, you know, thing between the characters. But Mm. I do think that there was other problems throughout the episode because I will agree with you when you said that it felt like it was you know, too fast paced. And I think that that was because of how much stuff they were really trying to shove in this episode. Like, like you said, there was like three, four villains in this, you know, like, right. There was like a lot of things going on. And I think that the A team B team thing was just another thing. If I was to cut some things out, I don't think that would be one of the things I would have cut, but well, cause the, I w- the A team B team, like that is the focus of the episode. Like I, Regardless of, I mean, it's called Masters Attack, <clears throat> and the Masters are pretty much the main, well, they're not even, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> the Masters aren't even really the main antagonist, but the thing that gets the most focus in the episode is this interfighting between A-team, B-team thing. Um, despite there being a number of villains, it's more time is spent with the Turtles just kind of arguing with each other. Right. I, 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 it's not like the worst story in the world, and it does kind of make sense for, for the little I know of these characters. I just felt like it was kind of mean. Like, I felt like their banter in this was very, like, sharp towards each other. It didn't feel, like, friendly competitive as much as it felt like we're really, like, upset about this. Like, we're not the B team. We're not even going to call them when we're in trouble. Like, yeah. Um, I don't it's know. It's kind of rude. They're rude dudes, man. <laughs> rude dudes. Gnarly. Um, party dudes. <laughs> one one thing that monsters and i both noticed when we because we watched these episodes together um is that the the 2012 turtles seem more like younger teenagers whereas the 2003 series they almost feel like adults like um right. they're way more mature right i thought that was interesting mm-hmm um, another so, something else like an interesting comparison is that both of these episodes end with Stockman being in trouble with a with a big bad scary guy. <laughs> yep. Like like in the 2003 it, episode, he gets taken in by by Hun to um to who eventually will be revealed as Shredder in the 2003. Spoilers. Yep. Not uh, spoilers. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then in the 2012 series, he uh, he gets taken by uh, Dog Pound to. <laughs> I don't Shredder. remember. Actual Shredder. Shredder. Yeah, actual Shredder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't remember Shredder? <laughs> Shredder Shredder. That's right. Shredder's in the episode. So, wait, you have you have the, the Purple Gang, the Mousers, Baxter Stockman, uh, and, the, and the Shredder all in the same episode. But, like, they don't, like, most of them don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a, a, a weird episode. At least the 2003 series was more straightforward. You know, it was a simpler plot, I think. I mean, really, really, like I said, like the 2003 episode really was just reminding because I, I, I rewatched uh, a lot of the 87 series about a few months ago. So really, when watching the that episode of the 2003 series, it really reminding me a lot of uh, the first few episodes in that where, you know, oh, April meets the turtles and goes through all that. Have you Has any of y'all seen the 87 series or no? I've seen nope. some. I used to. I, I I think I I used to rent it from Blockbuster Video. Yeah, 
and and pretty much the 90s. 2003 <laughs> the pretty much the, the 2003 episode was very similar to that one also just instead of mausers it was foot clan ninjas mm. but that's neither here nor there mm-hmm. can we can we also agree that just like i'm sorry but the action in the 2012 one was not great yeah 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 i was kind of weak too like i said like i was telling tanner before the call uh i've heard so many people talk about the 2012 series about how oh it's it's one of the best tmnt series is it's you know one of it's up there from what i saw from this episode it, it, i mean it, it's it looks okay yeah you know like everyone has been telling me nothing but oh it's it's this that and the other and i just what do y'all think did you did y'all see anything Working. I mean, I've I've seen I, I've I've seen at least part of another episode of the 2012 series, and it looked it was so much better. I don't even remember much about it, just that I really liked it. I was impressed. Oh, um, okay. But from this episode, I would not watch the 2012 series. Uh, yeah. I will tell you I, the and I mean, again, this is a little unfair because the 2003 series it's an episode that's intended to get you interested in the series, whereas the 2012 one is just another mid season one episode. Um, but from these episodes, I am actually pretty interested in watching the 2003 series. I, I would get it. I, I think I saw it was pretty cheap on DVD. Um, yeah. I would Lots check it seasons. out. Uh, 2012, I'm willing to bet people in the comments are going to come up to bat for it and be like, oh, it's a season one thing or whatever. And maybe I'd still see the 2012 series. But just kind of in these two similar-ish episodes, the 2003 series, yeah, it's, it's just so much more appealing. Um, another Like another interesting like random comparison is that in both episodes the turtles don't actually defeat the mousers like yep. they, they they make them explode in the first one and in the second one they redirect them with like uh radioactive spray or something Radio- radioactive yeah red red spray that tracks people no but that was that was bad technobabble he was like it's radioactive isotopes and it's like well how does what <laughs> like i i know it's i know it's technobabble but at least try a little harder like <laughs> i mean it's also kind of like physical technobabble when april o'neill in the 2003 episode is just typing a bunch of random stuff with weird characters on a computer hacking <laughs> yeah <laughs> Beep, boop, boop, boop. i'm in guys <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah like i know um if you guys know Andre Black Nerd Comedy, he I'm pretty sure he's a big fan of the 2012 series. And I've seen some of his videos on it. So I, I do know that there is a lot of people that do enjoy that series. That's fair. But but yeah, just um I just I the whole style of it just didn't it didn't do it for me. Um whereas the style of the 2003 series is like right up my alley. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I I, I grew up with it and I really yeah, liked it, and I still really like it. Um, also, the funny thing is, is that in the 2003 episode, there's an iPod, whereas in the 2012 episode, uh, April has like an iPhone looking phone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, they also both use uh, they both transition from, you know, uh, MP3 player music to actual like diegetic music in the show. Mm. Because I, I like, also... yeah, it, it's um, Mike. Uh, I think it was Mikey in the 2003 episode that's listening to it and it's like that funky bass line and then that becomes the actual music and then um maybe it was on the turtle phone that donatello had but he was playing the uh the turtles theme song yeah that's the ringtone uh speaking of those t-phones which they didn't call shell phones <laughs> yeah they they missed that opportunity <laughs> yeah also i i feel like there's a there's like a bit of um like 
unfortunate retroactive recognition in that like having cell phones explode might not be as funny after <laughs> Samsung phones exploded a few years ago, <laughs> or it might be even more funny depending on how your sense of humor is. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, did one of them have a pet turtle in the 2012 series? Yeah, I think it was Leonardo. Can we can we talk about that whole ending scene? Like it, it cuts after the episode, like the story is over. Mm-hmm. It cuts to one of them break dancing yeah, for an extended period of time. It's like a 30 second segment of Michelangelo doing <laughs> dancing, <laughs> like uh, just spontaneously. 80s. It, yeah, guys, because he's dancing because he's he's wacky like that. Yeah, I got the implication that he was the dumb one. Like, I don't right. like. Well, I, mean, I don't in like the theme it. song. They straight up like sum up the character traits of each turtle in five words or less. What was his? It's like yeah, it's like Donatello or uh, yeah, Donatello. He's good with machines. Michelangelo, yeah. Oh, yeah. he likes pizza. <laughs> oh, I, it wasn't that, but it was something. I don't remember. I, I do got to ask because we're comparing these two. How did y'all feel about the opening differences? How the 2012 had that more of like a like almost like a rap kind of, while mm-hmm. the original was you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think, but that that one is just so iconic, man. Yeah. Like when I was just when I was rewatching this episode, I was sitting there like jamming along. And then when I was watching the 2012 one, I was like, eh, it's good, but it just doesn't have that, you know, it's not iconic. I guess maybe not yet. Maybe it will well, be a few more years. I mean, it's, is there a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series that doesn't have, like, a catchy theme to some extent? Because I know people hail the first theme song as, like, one of the best and most catchy songs ever. Um, yeah, no, I, I was I was with the 2003 series. I like the, like, the driving beat of the 2012 one but mm-hmm. i i didn't like the rapping i just i i don't i mean <laughs> i don't know it it felt it felt kind of fellow kids are you not hip <laughs> i don't know why I, for some reason i'll i will always like the danny phantom theme song but other rapping the theme rap. songs that's not a, that's not that's not that's a not rap a and it's not a theme song yeah I mean, it's not really a rap. It's kind of a rap, but it's not yeah. in the same way. It's just it's not listing like, off a bunch and, of Pokemon. Yeah, it's not like, yo, we got Tentacruel up in this <laughs> this Poke Center, yo. What word up? What word up to my meows? Like, yo, my name's Brock. Nurse Joy, hit me up. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> oh um, <my> God. <laughs> let's talk. Hey, let's talk about Baxter Stockman. Uh, I liked him more in the 2003 version. I, you mentioned this yes. pretty early. Uh, okay so the weird thing is is that it's kind of hard to put into words because both versions of Baxter Stockman are like over the top neither of them are like subtle performances but I feel like the 03 version is he's more serious like he he comes across as like a a, an egomaniac like ah my inventions are so great and I'm amazing whereas the 2003 version comes off as more like petulant child like that kind of hammy you mean the 2012? Sorry, yeah, the 2012 version comes off as more more like a child. Also, I don't like his weird, like, Play-Doh-looking mustache. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. Yeah, no, Baxter's cool. Um, I I do agree. I think he's 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 more convincing in the 2003 version. Um, I think he was definitely, yeah. I think, a little too carried away in the 2012 version. Um, either way, I, I still thought that he was uh, an interesting character in both interpretations. Right. I mean, the other thing, too, is that I, from the little that I know, um, 
a lot of the turtles villains are like mutated animals and stuff like that. And so it's kind of cool to just have like a just a guy. I feel like he probably mutates at some point in the series, but yeah. Also, there's a talking fish in the 2012 one. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you're no good to me like this. You'll be served up as sushi. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, wait, yo, hang on. We missed one of the coolest things. The theme song of the of the Masters in the 2003 series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the theme for the Masters. That was that was right. cool. I like that. Yeah, they have like a little it's like it's like just like three echoing reverberating beats that they just play every time we see the Mausers like up close. And that's what's cool about like the 2003 uh, episode is that there are a lot of like shots, like kind of almost like horror movie shots of these Mausers, like terrorizing people and robbing the bank and like. Like yeah. you see security guards freaking out over them. Like there's a lot more <laughs> build up. Like it's mm-hmm. whereas they're just they're just like I mean they're indestructible. Like they're they're a big threat in the 2012 one, but they're not. Well, that's the thing like and yeah, in in the 2003 version, they're I think they're a bit more intimidating. And then in the, in the 2012 version, they almost kind of come off as like the droids from the Star Wars prequels where it's just kind of just slice and dice. Right. Right. They're invincible because there's so many of them, which is like also kind of cartoonish and weird but like that's fine but mm-hmm. um but yeah they're invincible because of that not because they're actually like hard to kill like they're, right. they're easy to kill there's just so many of them right i i did like how in the in the 2012 series when he was introducing the mausers every every time he would say a letter like it would just there'd be the m there'd be the o there'd be the u there'd be the and he it, 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 they all stood for something and it would always like just be brought up. I thought that was cool. At least they explained what that acronym was for, because they don't look like mice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, and they make they cat sounds. Look like birds. Yeah, uh, but they make kind of like hissing cat sounds in the original or in the <laughs> two thousand three. All right. Uh, do you guys have anything else to say about these two? Um, go watch the two thousand three Ninja Turtles in its entirety because it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're pretty. Unana, do do we all agree that the 2003 episode was better? Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't I don't hate the 2012 version. It just it it just seemed a little more immature for my liking. It it definitely did seem like a show that was in its first season and it was really kind of trying to find itself. The the comedy just didn't it's just not my kind of comedy, I guess. Um Yeah. And I I just I wasn't really thrilled with like the A team versus B team story. Like the story idea is not bad, but just how like how awful they were to each other over it and how kind of like petty and caught up they were. And I don't know. I, I just feel like there's a better way to tell that story than was told here. Um, and yeah, the, the faces of the humans are just disturbing. <laughs> uh, all right. So we, we have some viewer comments and a little light this week, but from yellow pancake, we have, I think Mauser's attack was really missing the words of the, and I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Uh, and then ASK Air says, uh, "2003 TMNT is my love. 2003 episode is very nice uh, as an introduction episode to the series. The inclusion of Baxter Stockman in April is great and showcases the action-packed and awesome demeanor of the series. And I agree with that as well. Me too. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you know this about our podcast, but we always end with a trivia game. We like <laughs> not telling our guests because it's more fun oh. that way." Okay, I'm excited, actually. Yeah. 
it's Tangent Ninja Turtle themed, so you're probably going to do pretty well. Uh, but you're not too familiar with the, the 2012 series, so this is interesting. So basically, I picked five episodes from both the 2003 series and the 2012 series. And you and Monsters are going to tell me whether you think this is from the 03 series or the 2012 series. I'm going to read the descriptions off of Wikipedia. Okay. All right. So you each get a point. Um, uh, you know what? Monsters, you can go first. Just because that's a, a handicap. Okay. Um, so, the first episode we have here. <clears throat> when Mikey finds out that Cody has never seen a horror flick, our boisterous movie aficionado drags Cody and his three brothers downtown for a little horror movie festival viewing. What the turtles don't expect is that their horror movie festival is going to turn into the real thing, dot, 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 when they meet Shokanabo face to face. 2012. I'm say, yeah, I, I, I think it's 2012 too. You're both wrong. It's the 2003 series. No freaking way. <laughs> it is, uh, it's season six, episode seven. What? Uh, oh, so that's later on. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the theme seasons. <laughs> You're right there. No, I, I was just like, that's, that seriously blew my mind. I don't remember that. I don't remember that episode. All right. <clears throat> Number two. Uh, and that episode was called Night of the Shokenabo. Uh So, episode number two. With their bodies bruised and their spirits wounded, the gang returns to the countryside to heal. Unfortunately, their recuperation is interrupted when Casey's cousin, Sid, shows up, demanding money, which he needs to repay a debt to the Purple Dragons. Um, I think that's 2012. Go on. 2003. You are correct. Oh, Monsters is wrong. So that episode is known as Cousin Sid, and that's season four, episode one. Okay. <clears throat> After getting in trouble for trashing the house, Michelangelo gets upset and flees. After meeting a member of the punk frogs named Napoleon Bonafrog, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. He unknowingly joins them in a plan to capture the humans and take over the nearby city. Oh my god, they couldn't think of anything better than Na Napoleon Bonafrog? I would have gone with a reference to Battletoads, personally, but anyway. Um, I'm going to say 2012. Again. Yes, also 2012. Alright, you are both correct. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a... That sounds like a... <laughs> the title oh. is called The Croaking. The Croaking. The Croaking? The, the Croaking. Oh Sorry, just the... Yeah, just the Croaking. I don't, I don't know, man. Napoleon Bonafrog. That, that's just not That's just not appropriate. No, yeah. All right. Uh, number three. Mm. After Splinter is buried on the O'Neill... Oh, by the way, spoilers. Uh, after Splinter is buried on the O'Neill farm, his spirit informs Leonardo that Super Shredder is still alive and needs to be stopped. The Turtles, April and Casey, ambush Shredder's hideout after finding out the location from the injured Kari... Karai... They defeat Super Shredder's henchmen, even turning Baxter Stockman back to normal in the process before confronting Sakai on the roof of the hideout. After Super Shredder knocks almost everyone off the building, Leonardo finally defeats the Shredder and finishes him off. The Turtles return to New York victorious as they prepare for the next imminent threat. A lot, lot happens in this episode. Yeah, sounds like it. I'm going to say 2003. 2003. I remember exactly what episode this is. You're both wrong. It's 2012. Oh, it's called o Owari. It probably happens in both series. It does. <laughs> gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good episode. Yeah. 
All right. So you are still at two, Jamie, and Monsters is at one. Round five <laughs> and Monsters, the best you could do is tie. Okay. All right. Last episode. Leonardo and Michelangelo meet up with cased, caped crusader Nobody and attempt to help him out. Dot, dot, dot. Well, Mikey does anyway. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm going to say 2012. Jamie? Yeah, I'm going to say 2012. Incorrect. Again? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, it's the episode no- Nobody's Fool. Well, we just bombed. <laughs> is that the... Is that the one where Mikey dresses up as a superhero? Because I think I, that was. Oh, you don't. Oh, can, you hadn't seen it, right? No, I can tell you it's based on Tales of the TMNT number two, called Nobody's Fool, and the episode's called Nobody's Fool. Oh, I see, I see, I see. I almost picked an episode accidentally that never got aired from the 2003 series. Oh. <laughs> wow. Because like I was looking through the Wikipedia descriptions, and it was funny because it was like. It was something like like Mikey and April O'Neil get transported to Garbage World where the trash man is trying to like shred them to bits. Like it had a funny description. And then I saw a note that was like, this episode was never aired due to its violent nature. It only got <laughs> as far as the storyboarded process. And I was like, wow. OK, I feel like that's probably really not fair to give to you guys. But uh, you still win, Jamie. Two to one. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Now Thank I'm you. going to get roasted by a bunch of TMNT fans. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, this is pretty unfair because I, I'm sure some of these things happen in both series. <laughs> yeah. It, like I said, especially that, that last one. Hmm. <laughs> Splinter dies. And also, dun, what, dun, dun, dun. What, can you inform me what a super shredder is? Does he get a super mushroom? <laughs> no. Super shredder is just... Um, <laughs> he's just like a like an enhanced shredder. Like you know, like, <laughs> I, I know wait. it sounds. I know it sounds dumb, but I mean does that's he really. Call... Yes, he's called Super Shredder. No, but does he call himself Super Shredder? Does he like? He... I am now Super Shredder. You know how you know how like I know you haven't seen it since early Z days, but you know how Vegeta gets that super form and calls himself Super Vegeta. That's the same thing. Like Shredder just gets bigger, and he's like, "I'm Super Shredder," and then, then... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like from what I've read, 2003 Turtles is the one that I'd be interested in. The original, I've seen Phelous review it, and it just it seems a little too goofy for my taste, like a little too out there in places. Like maybe I'd watch it to kind to kind of get a laugh, but not something I'd want to watch like all the way through. Well, um, here's oh three looks like something I'd want to watch all the way through. Hmm. The the 2003 series ran for actually quite a while. Like it ran from 2003 yeah. until I think 2009. So and and from what I know, I only watched up until around season three or four. But mm-hmm. from what I know and from what I've heard, apparently it gets a little rough towards the end. Well, see, From... the, the the 2003 series has had has gone through many changes too. Like, not only had like it's had its first four seasons, right? And those were all that they, they were all the same, same art style, same everything. Then we jump into uh, uh, the the fast forward, right? It's still technically part of the 2003 canon, but you know, it's almost a different show. Then they end up doing the what do they call it? The back to the sewer. Back to the sewer. Yeah. Yeah. Where where. They ended up changing designs again. Like now they have pupils all of a sudden. Like I don't know where. Yeah. Like they have pupils now in their eyes and the art style has changed again. And it's just so weird because it's supposed to be, you know, the same show. But it's like another season brings another art style and it like it just doesn't feel the same. Hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah, it definitely seems like, and from what I was looking at on the Wikipedia page, there, it seems like there was a decent amount of like scrapped episodes for one reason or another. Um, let's see. Yeah, uh, ten episode season of Tangent Ninja Turtles was originally in production, tended to be aired on four kids in fall of two thousand seven. However, it was scrapped mid production, and only one of the storyboard animatics was released. So wow, yeah, probably because Interesting they were going to, yeah, probably because they were going to do another reboot. <laughs> yeah all right well thank you very much for joining us yeah thank you man thank you for having me yeah and thanks for your tmnt knowledge because <laughs> i'm i'm i might actually check out the 2003 series maybe after i'm done with ben 10 i'll i'll watch all of the series <laughs> if if you love teen titans the original you'll love the 2003 ninja turtles it's it's pretty much the same feel i believe it all right so, uh, thank you guys. Uh, here's a question for you, the audience, if you made it this far. Uh, did you see the new Tangent Ninja Turtle series? And what do you think of it? Yeah. Would, would you know. like to see that on the recast, maybe compared to any other Tangent Ninja Turtle series? Yeah. That'd be fun. All right. Bye, guy rules. Out. Catch you guys later. See you guys next time. <laughs>